And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Not only are we back, but so is NCAA football. We're back. <laughs> yes. Oh. The video game is finally coming back. Do you understand how pumped up I am right now? Uh, I'm extremely pumped up. I thought I was juiced up, man. You're bringing a lot more energy. By the way, it's finally fitting to use that sound drop. It finally works in a good context for once and for something that is good. I, I Look, I just this – this game needs to come soon. Uh, I know that it's a whole year, but it needs to come soon. Uh, well, that's what she – first off, that's what she said. Second <laughs> – Not even a minute in. Jesus <laughs> 30 seconds into the show. Yeah, go ahead. Second <laughs> off, let me tell you a story, okay? Yeah. Just how my life flipped, turned upside down. I'd like to take a minute to sit right there. I'll tell you how I beat Alabama 391 to zero. So, oh my God. January 2012, I'm in college. Okay. Mad at the world. Mad. LSU just lost national championship, Alabama. Go on immediately after the game. I was at the, uh, I, I go to my apartment after the game and I strike up my Xbox uh-huh. and I put it on JV and I play an entire dynasty. Don't sleep. Okay. Purposely got Alabama and LSU undefeated. Or not undefeated, but back into the BCS national title game. Uh-huh. Okay. I put it on junior varsity. I beat them. Oh, I played 15 minute quarters. I beat Alabama 391 to zero to take out my frustration. Okay. That's okay. how mad I was. <laughs> well, the game had a glitch in it. Uh-huh. I wind up losing. Wait, what? You cannot beat a team more than 300 points. It's a glitch that if you beat somebody over 300 points, the team it's that scores that many po- points loses. It was a glitch. So you spent all of that time, all of that frustration to play Alabama after they won the national championship is what you're saying. Yes, I was that mad. 391 but to then still beat them by 300 points and Alabama still in this imaginary world finds a way to win a national championship is what you're telling me. Basically, that is so disheartening. No, no, but like the, the By fact the way, that I the played game... an online dynasty mode. You want to hear uh-huh. something even more crazy? Yeah, we played an online dynasty mode that year. I didn't. We you could not pick your favorite school. You had to pick somebody else. Mm-hmm. Guess what team I picked? TCU. No, Mississippi State. Really? There was a guy by the name of Dak Prescott. Ah. Did you win an Addy or no? I, not only did I win a natty, he won back-to-back Heismans. Mm. That's how much. That's how much I spent time on this game. It was kind of, kind of embarrassing. I played it so much, but I'm so excited it's back. Yes. It's not what we're here to talk about. You know what we should do the day, the day that it's released. Me and you should live stream me kicking your ass. We absolutely should do that. I hope that there's cross console because I am not buying a PS5 to to play against you. I'm, I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be. And I'm going to be LSU, and you're going to be Notre Dame. I can't be Alabama. That's not allowed. Oh, well, 
you're going to you have Tyler Buckner, okay? <laughs> you might have Heisman Tyler Trophy Buckner. winning Tyler Buckner? No, not even remotely close. But, yes, you can be Alabama if they have Tyler Buckner. Anyway, we do got a lot to get into. Joe, we're going to talk about our top five wide receivers. I, I pulled a Joe DeLeon today. I went yes. FCS. Um, but I'll no, tell you what. FCS. Wait, wait, wait. He's not FCS. He's not FCS. G- Group G- of five. School. Yeah, okay. G5. Why did I say okay. FCS? My boy from uh, Western, Western Kentucky. Kentucky. Uh, Malachi Corley. Where you're going? No, I, I just you don't have any comment on me. Uh, me I, I'm huh? I'm pretty surprised that you did go with that because as I was putting my list together, there are a lot of G5 kids who statistically were very good last year, and not better than him. Yeah, I opted not to to put Corley in there at all, and I was thinking like if I were to have a top ten, he'd probably be at number seven or number eight. But I'm curious to get into that. I'm curious to find out why you placed him in that first location. Round first round pick. You think he's going to be a first round? Pick? Okay, yeah. we need to save this for when we get to it. But I don't know if I go that far to say he's a first rounder. Well, he he might be the the only wide receiver in G five history to go back to back years with hundred plus catches. It's certainly possible. Austin Reed's coming back. Uh, I know that their offensive coordinator's gone, but there's certain a lot of certainly a lot of possibility for him to produce that much. Right, and he had, look his worst year so far. You don't want to know what his worst year so far was: seventy five catches and a thousand yards. Now I yes. know it's a different level of play. Look, I, I might be stretching it. I just really like the kid. I think yeah. Look, I don't think he's going to be a first round pick. We'll, we'll talk about it. Not only that. We'll go through our top five, and finally, The Rock has come. Oh, wait. No, that's not it. That's not it. But finally, we get mm-hmm. to start talking about on-the-field football. I am so tired of talking about playoff expansion, <laughs> expansion news. I want to vomit. I I know that you just love talking about random I, rumors and, and random headlines. Lips. Read my lips. I know that you love a lot of like all the police reports that we've been doing. All that stuff's really, really fun. No, I actually, I, I, I actually I, don't mind that. I actually don't mind that. That's surprising. I'm the opposite. I kind of like the expansion stuff. I will say this was probably some of the most fun I had putting together my notes because I put a lot of detail in making sure that you're not going to catch me slipping on any of this information because I know damn well that you're going to come out swinging on some of the stuff that that I'm prepared to to, to, to point out with some of these teams. Uh, I got, and look, so just so the audience knows, we did not share who we have, uh, it winning the sec East and our top teams. Yeah. I'm going to tell you though, big dog, I'm going to tell you, I got a team up there pretty high that I don't think people are, or I think people are sleeping on and no, it's not the Gamecocks. I think I might know who you're going with because yes. I think I might've picked yes, that same right school. now. Kentucky. Oh, hell no. They suck. Really? No, they don't suck. I have them third. I have them third. I'll just I'll tell you. So but, then you did pick Kentucky. That was who you picked. Yeah, the but there's another team in there that I think that that could technically be above them. There is a team. We'll talk about that. So we got a lot to get into. Oh, oh, okay. oh. And I'm going to tell you this, Joe. I mm-hmm. think we might need to do this Saturday, maybe give them 15 minutes or 20 minutes of our time. We need to talk about Florida State. If you missed yes. the news today, Keon Coleman – is going to Florida State. Buddy, I'm just going to let you know. Now, if you watch our guys, our friends, our colleagues over the charity stripe, I was on with them, and I said this. For LSU's sake, as an ex- as an example, I'm more nervous about Florida State than I am. Mm. I, 
Jordan Travis and that team scares me more than Tyler Buckner and Tommy Reese. Absolutely. And I, I, they have already a really good run game with Trey Benson and Jordan Travis. And I already, we're going to talk about Johnny Wilson today, who I placed in my top five receivers. The fact that they've got a six, seven guy and a six foot four guy that they can throw the ball up to, it's going to be dangerous. You guys better, your corners better come to play that game. I think, look, let's not put this on LSU. I think that every corner is going to have to come play, to play for against them. Like this yeah. isn't like this isn't just an LSU thing, okay? Like this is a this is a college football thing. We'll talk about that here today. So a lot we need to get into. But before we do that, Joe, everybody listening, we do have well, we do have one question. We do have one question. I thought this was interesting. Uh, Big J, Big J, Cole. So on AYS, our our comment section is called the Rudy Crew because if you're somebody, and I say Rudy <laughs> Pooh all the time, um, our chat is called the Rudy Crew, and he says, "What are y'all, Blake and Joe? What are y'all going to call the Rufino and Joe chat? Rudy Crew is taken. What do y'all think? What do they Good think?" Question. It's a good question. I, I don't see my here's my only thing. I don't think that we have enough consistent listeners yet to to give a nickname. That's all I'm gonna we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Do that right now. Stop what you're doing. Even if your Meemaw is calling, you tell Meemaw she's got to hold on because you got to hit the like button and the share button. If you're on Facebook, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. Let's talk about our good friends over at Bet Online. We're talking about our uh, our top wide receivers in college football. We're going to talk. We're going to break down the SEC East, and we'll get to Keon Coleman uh, at the end. Till then, stay tuned. Do not, do not leave us. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports contests, events, with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. Some of these receivers are going to be hearing about that, so in case you missed it, Joe and I are going to do our top five wide receivers here today. Look, I will admit, there's only really one, Joe. I, so, normally when we've done these lists, okay, me and you have had some pretty strong debate. Yeah. I don't really hate yours at all, to be honest. I don't hate Johnny Wilson on there. I don't hate where you place him. There's only one real reason why I don't have Johnny Wilson on there. And then uh, Abuka, okay, uh, Amika Abuka, there's only one reason that I got him three in Malik Neighbors number two. We'll talk about that, but I don't hate your list, man. Like, I, I think we both did pretty solid here. One thing I also want to point out, we I said this to you that we could have done 10 running backs last show, 
We, and we could did not it. do 10 wide receivers. We absolutely could not. It is a really thin grouping. And if you, it makes sense when you look at it that the NFL is hungry for receiver talent. So if a guy is a little decent and had some quality production, he's going to make the jump to the NFL. So we really didn't have a lot of returning production. There is some projection here. And one of the guys who we're going to talk about, Johnny Wilson, he didn't even go over a thousand yards. There weren't a lot of guys that went so let's over. Let's go ahead. 50, let's go ahead and put your list up then, Joe, and so you can read it off here. So I went with number one, Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. There is going to be no debate from anyone on this planet with placing him at number one. No Romeo Adunze from Washington at number two. Emeka Abuka from Ohio State, Harrison's teammate at number three. Johnny Wilson from FSU at number four, and the number five Malik Neighbors from LSU, despite. Be trying to find a way not to place him on this list. I had to do it. I put him at number wow. five. Wow. Wow. Look at you growing. Well, look, look I, at- I, as much as a hack I am, I'm, and as much as I'm a, an LSU hater, as I've been proclaimed by your listenership, I, I can't deny talent. When- Did you not see the Notre Dame faithful going at my jugular today? Yeah, I don't know what co- – well, it was – you were talking crap I about Logan trolling. Diggs. I, I know. was trolling. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, the problem is is everyone doesn't realize that when you do that and we have that back and forth, it's you and I effing with each other. But the Notre Dame folks that some of them follow me are then coming into my defense because they, for some reason, don't like you. We know why they don't like you. But, uh, How yeah, do you I don't not think they like get me and like Brian Driscoll? You don't have to comment. I'm just saying. It's a good question. <laughs> Petty, Petty Blake. Okay. All right. So thoughts listen. on the list, though. All right. So listen, here's your list. Again, I don't have any issues with it. Here's my only thing. Okay. Now, Keon Coleman, okay, probably could be on this list, in my opinion, above Johnny Wilson. Okay. Really? Yes, dude. Keon Coleman's a dude. Like, a dude, dude. I do believe, when it's all said and done, that Keon Coleman will be their wide receiver one and not Johnny Wilson. Look, Johnny Wilson, Mm. do you remember the the great comment by Booger McFarlane on, uh, what was it, uh, Monday Night Football, when he said Kelvin Benjamin's a Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end? Well, I do think that there is some argument that could be made that Johnny Wilson could play tight end in the league. He's already uh, 6'7", 235 pounds, but since he's a receiver, I'll put him in, put him there. Here's the problem that I have with Johnny Wilson. Can he stay healthy? Right? That's a fair point. When he's on the field, look, I had a coach, and it was the first time I ever heard it. Tell me in the fall of 2008, the best ability is availability. Mm -hmm. And he's just not there enough, Joe, to be able to do some big things. You know, so he was at Arizona State. He kind of, they try to get him in some games early into that COVID year. I will even give him a wash on that. Okay. But 2021, he only is able to play four games, has 12 receptions. And last year, obviously, goes to Florida State. Has 43 catches, 897 yards. That's massive. That's almost 21 yards per catch. That's a big deal for a big guy. I can't do it. Not when you have Corley out there who had 101 catches last season. Not when Abuka and Malik and uh, uh, Rome all were real dogs all season long. 
did you know, did you know that Mar- – and look, there's not going to be any debate about Marvin Harrison Jr. or Malik Neighbors or Rome or Abuka. Those dudes caught critical passes on third down. Every game that I saw, every game that I saw from Florida State, on third down, Johnny Wilson sometimes would disappear. Okay? And that would be the problem that I have with him. Now, last year, he played in 13 games. He just got hurt a little too much for me. Look, you still play 13 of your 14 or 13 games. That's that's a big deal. My only problem is, is can he stay consistent? Can he stay healthy? I think as this Florida State, there's a, there's some projection here. And as, as I've talked about, I like to include a level of projection with these lists. And I, I think that for Wilson, who was under 1,000 yards, under 50 receptions, he only had five touchdowns last year, he has every physical tool in my eyes to be a dominant possession receiver. I think that I understand your sentiment with bringing up the Booger McFarland comment about Kelvin Benjamin, but that was because he was a fat SOB and he had no control over his diet or how to keep himself in a, a healthy physical shape. He's still a Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end, Joe. But he's still a – that again, that was because – Benjamin was fat. Johnny Wilson is in very good shape. No, and he, I don't he, disagree with that, yeah. but could you make the argument that at the next level that he's Darren Waller? Yeah, that argument absolutely could be made, and I, I don't disagree with this, the thought that oftentimes these bigger guys don't really work out as receivers, and then when they convert the tight end, they tend to be a little bit more productive. Like Darren Butler's Waller. Guy. Darren Waller is a great example who was a receiver. He had a up and down beginning to his career for a different reason. But Hakeem Butler is another name that pops up in my head, an Arizona State kid who didn't really work out, that transferred positions. But look, in the game of college football, there's just not a lot of receivers that can play in one-on-one situations with a guy that's built like a power forward the way that he is. Drake London was incredibly productive and was one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in his final year at USC, I see some similarities and I see some capabilities to be just as productive as Drake London for Johnny Wilson. And I think as Florida state gets better this year, as much as Keon Coleman is going to be an additional amazing threat, Johnny Wilson is still the number one guy. Uh, Before we get off this Johnny Wilson thing, thoughts on Keon Coleman going to Florida state. I want to dive into his his film a little bit more before we we talk about him on Saturday. Okay, well, I, well, I can give it I can give it to you right now. Okay, mm-hmm. he's the, he's there if he can pick things up quickly, and I'm talking about quickly. And he's he doesn't yeah. have a lot of time here. By far, he's their wide receiver one. I think it's, it's really not, important it's not to close. It's not right. close. no, it's not close. Keon Coleman. Go so here. Here's what I try to tell people when they were asking if he should come to like LSU or come back home to Louisiana. Think of the DBs he assaulted that went in the first round last year. Yes, yes. Okay, like and Joe, we're, I'm not talking about like just beat him barely. It was a good throw by Thorne. I'm not talking. He assaulted Joey Porter Jr. And then who's the other kid? The other kid King. Isn't that the other kid from Penn State? Kalen King. Kalen King. But, Dog, I'm talking about put my man up in a Smoothie King blender and just spun him around like a top on a bottle. Dog, I'm just – listen, I'm telling you, listen to your boy. Listen to your boy on this one. 
that kid has the potential to be wide receiver one. Listen to this, though. For them, I'm not saying he deserves to be on this top this top five list, but he, for them, if the chemistry can get built with Jordan Travis, it nighty night, sweetheart. I'm man, Joe. They are the biggest sleeper team in the country. Nobody, where people are talking about them. Mm-hmm. Name a better defensive line than theirs right now. In the ACC, there absolutely is not. Georgia has a better defensive line than them, though. I don't agree with that. I, really? You think no, that Georgia is better? I think Jared Verse and Brayden Fisk are the best one-two punch in the country, and they're going to play long side. What do you do? I just think that Georgia has more depth across the board. Though. Okay, that's well, the, depth, that's the I'm difference. Talking about, I'm talking about starting defensive linemen right now. As I think Fisk is good. I don't know if I'd put him in that same elite category as They're going to have to double him. They're going to have to – so his st- this is what I think is going to happen to Fisk. Mm-hmm. His stats are going to go down there with, oh, well, look, the G5 guy's stats went down. No, because he's going to play in that one technique, and yeah. they're going to get after his ass. And they're going to eat up blocks, which you need him to do. It frees up verse. And but- it's going to be dangerous. Dang. Joe, you ever been to the beach before? No, I've never been. To the- yes, I've been to the beach before. Okay, you remember when they put the red flag on the beach with a big skull on it that say, do not enter? Yeah. That's that defensive line for Florida State, in my opinion. I can't wait to talk about them on on Saturday because I think this is going to be a fun discussion. But to this point, though, on Keon Coleman, because it's kind of important to bring up with just this wide receiver conversation and the timing of it's fantastic. For Coleman, he was playing in an offense that was generally pretty run-centric. So I think that like his placement now in an offense that is going to try to air it out more, which didn't really do that a lot last year, but is going to try to be more space They've got all these damn weapons now. Jaheim Bell's also in the mix. I think that Coleman's production could really go up. And I think that his ascension into being in that top receiver conversation, it's certainly possible. Florida State can be Tennessee this year. They absolutely can be. And they can be better than Tennessee was last year. I don't know if they'll be as explosive. I I, I, I mean... So yeah, my point is is that I think that they're going to be the team that everyone is going to be really juiced up about because they have a really good start to the season. That's where I'm getting at. Well, listen, I'm not saying this because it's LSU. Don't don't take this the wrong way now. They got to go through that week 1 is a juggernaut for them. They yeah. their first like 5 weeks playing LSU and Clemson, dog, that ain't no like even if you beat LSU as an example, you got to go up against Clemson in a couple weeks, man. Like, that's not easy. They no. don't have a tune-up game against uh, to prep for LSU this year either. So, no. they run the ball at an effective clip. Uh, let's see what they what they can do. All right, I'll let you I, – I, I said nice things about your list. I guess go ahead okay. and let me, uh, let me give you mine. Yeah, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., Joe, I didn't even pull up the stats. I don't need to. Right, like I mean, right. he he he's the best wide receiver in college football. Malik Neighbors, uh, uh, Mike Abuka from Florida State, Rome Adunzi. We've already talked about uh, you having him on your list at Washington, and Malik uh, Malachi, excuse me, Corley uh, from Western Kentucky. I, I want to address Malik Neighbors first. No, there look, I think he belongs on this list, and I think not enough people talk about Malik Neighbors' production. But I think that like one of these things is not like the other to place him at number two ahead of Odunze 
and Abuka. Like that's a, I could see him going at four, and I actually toyed with that thought of putting him at number four. But are we really going to go as far as to say that he's the second best receiver in the country ahead of all of those other guys that had fantastic seasons last year? Yes, here's why. Stat the stats with him aren't created equally. Okay. Do you do you remember what he did against Georgia? I do. Do you remember what he did against Bama? I do remember what he did against Bama. Do you, re- do you remember what he did against Florida State? Yes. Do you remember what he did against Tennessee? Do you remember? Yeah. I mean, so at some point, at some point, you could say, oh, well, Mr. Blank, here's the stats. He put Keely Ringo and Georgia in blenders. Okay. I mean, that's a fair point to bring up his performances against the, film, the big The film teams. don't lie. The film don't lie. Yeah, but the film also doesn't lie with – it's not like I'm sitting here saying like, oh, wow, this guy had 1,900 yards and, and Malik Neighbors only had 1,000. That's not what I'm doing here. Everybody's stat total is close enough where it almost is irrelevant for this discussion. But what I think what all these other guys did is – I'm not saying it's better – I'm just saying that I'm not willing to put neighbors ahead of Adunze and Abuka. There's something to be said about a kid from LSU, a wide receiver that emerges late. Joe, so do, you think he's do you think he's next to us from Jefferson? Is that what you're I getting at? He, I, well, here's the here's the bet I'm hedging. I don't know. I don't know if he will be Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. I just I, I can't put I, I can't put anybody up there. I don't even know if he'll be an Odell, okay? I think he could be better than Jarvis Landry, and Jarvis was having seasons of 100-plus catches in the NFL. I, I think that he's going to be a day-one guy. I think he's a round-one guy. I think right now he would fall in a round-two because of the gun charge that he had, but this kid can play. This kid can play. You know why he was a three-star? Why? Because he got suspended in his senior year of high school, and nobody, so he really, literally could have been a five star coming in. So Malik could have been one of those guys that's a high four star, low five star, like number thirty two overall. The reason he fell so much was because he didn't play his senior year and refused to go to two four sevens football camp. That's why people didn't really n- notice him. But then the last two seasons, he ex- he's, he exploded. He exploded. So I'm just hedging a bet here. Okay. So yours is projection is what your is what this is. Yeah, and I rip on your rear end a lot about that. But there are there are so I'm I actually have done this twice. Mm-hmm. I did it at number five too. The Corley kid from Western Kentucky. Joe, that mother Hubbard had 101 catches. I Look, I my only problem with this is that like, bro, he Corley's only- good. Corley's good. He's good, and I I don't like to. I am always a supporter of the G five. I've said this before on the show, but that offense inflates significantly. Well, here's the argument that I would there. Here's the argument that I would uh, I would counter off of. Mm-hmm. What about Devonta Smith? What about we? You just talked about Justin Jefferson. You talked about Jamar Chase. At some point, at some point, at some point, a hundred catches and no drops is a hundred catches and no drops. But 
those guys were playing in big conferences and okay. put up those okay. totals against good competition. Well, if you're going to use that argument, uh-huh. if you're going to use the pro-SEC argument, which that's what everybody calls it, the pro-SEC argument, yeah. don't come up in here talking during the season when a TCU emerges. Because- oh, I'm absolutely going to do that. You know that I'm going to do that. Okay, well, then I'm going to rip you alive. Well, I'm always going to try to make the case for a non-SEC team. We, I, I, that's, that's no, my not, brand. I'm not talking about an SEC team. Last year, you sucked on the teat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. TCU. Yeah, I'm going to always try to make the case for a team that is not in the SEC that they're better than some of the SEC teams. I'm absolutely going to do are, that. Don't look at projections. Okay. If you had, if I came to you right now. Mm-hmm. And I said one guy had 40 catches for 800 yards, but he played a higher level of competition. But you had a guy that that played a little a little bit lower competition, but it had 101 catches and, and 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns. What would you say to that? Not knowing who these dudes are. Well, I would add, I would say that the bigger stat total is more impressive, but I know that one guy is more physically dominant and if in the right situation, could be more productive and could make bigger plays in bigger games. Corley's never going to be asked physically to make big plays in big games. Basically, dominant doesn't win me a bu- walking off the bus looking like Tarzan oh, or Adonis. Making does, a, a catch in the, a contested catch in the end zone or on third down is so important. he missed seven. He, I, I remember seven that Johnny Wilson missed a year ago. I can name them off of my head on the off the top of my head. He missed one against Boston College. He missed two against LSU. He missed three against Clemson. Part of my concern with Corley is that there is a teammate of his who significantly statistically outdid him two years ago in Jareth Stearns, who transferred from Houston Baptist. He put up some dumb number. I think it was like 1,700 or something like that. He led the country in receiving. It was something ridiculous. And – He's not even on an NFL roster right now. That's my whole point is that there are slightly above average college receivers that get boosted significantly. For him to only put up 1,300 yards in that offense, I would argue is an underperformance if you're the number one receiver. That's kind of what I'm getting at. He's a great college kid, but top five is a little aggressive. I don't like that. Look, I've seen the kid play, and we're not talking about projection, right? This is all production. And, and, and look, just – and I know what people are listening. They're like, well, Blake, you just did a projection on Malik Neighbors. I'm talking about projection in college football. Mm-hmm. I don't care what Malik Corley does in uh, in, uh, in the NFL. I, I could care less. The kid can play. And, you know, look, as soon as – so I started walk, looking at him a lot last night, and I started mm-hmm. looking at a lot of him this morning. And when I heard uh, well, some guy from Western Kentucky in game 13 or whatever it was saying that's his 100th catch and no drops on the season, I said, do what now? It's impressive. I, I think it's he belongs more, in the discussion. More than, that's more than impressive. That's Very more impressive. than impressive. That That is – if that is true and that guy – if that statistic's true, Joe, she – he, you know what? You know what I thought about when I heard him say that? You ever seen the movie mm-hmm. The Replacements? Yes, I have. Do you remember when the wide receiver, they put the stick on his hand, and he said, looks like I jacked off an elephant. <laughs> Holy hell. <laughs> Look, the kid's hands is like 24 set. 
If, but okay, here's one thing I'm willing to throw out there. I'm willing to bet that there are going to be three receivers that by the end of the season, we will be easily ranking them ahead of, of yeah, Keon Coleman. Coleman. I, I think that Corley's also benefiting from a lot of guys leaving and going to the NFL. I think he's very significantly benefiting from that. That's not his that. fault. That's not his fault. I know, I know it's not, but I think that there's going to be a lot more guys that step up and outplay him. Maybe not statistically, but are going to be more impressive on the field and make more important plays. We'll see. All right, last one when we talk on this list. Uh, I'm going to get on you about one thing. Okay. Nothing. We both have Mbuka uh, at three. Why do you have Mbuka at three? Because he's almost like the little brother to Marvin Harrison Jr. And I like not in a bad way. It's He has been so productive and he plays so well off of Marvin Harrison Jr. His production can't go unnoticed. And this is a kid who's going to go in the first two rounds of the 2024 draft. P write that down right now. That is going to happen. He's good enough, but it's kind of like the Jackson Smith and Jigba debate that I have brought up in the past of if he doesn't have everything around him is he a guy who exceeds and excels when he is the only option and I don't know if he really steps up and can do that he's good enough to be in the top five statistically with what he shows us his, his traits on film all of that checks every box but I don't know if I can sit here and say this is a number one guy this is somebody I'm willing to rank higher than that you know why I put him at three why what happened against Georgia so that was what I was trying to sit here and remember as I was bringing that up. Did He didn't really do much when Marvin Harrison Jr. went out, did he? That's my point. Right. That's my point. If you want to show me – so the whole season, Mbuka was – like everybody talked about how Mbuka this, Mbuka that, Mbuka this, Mbuka that. And I'm like, okay, well, he's doing good. Like he's not mm. – he's a good wide receiver. But then – Marvin Harrison Jr., we talked about this during the season last year, you and I. Um, what's crazy is, like, they had the statistics for C.J. Stroud when Marvin Harrison was on the field and when he was off the field. But Mbuka was on the field. So why, why aren't you targeting that guy as often as you did Marvin Harrison? It's, if you have two first-round wide receivers. Right. I just think that it's a big deal for me, man. When Marvin Harrison Jr. went out, okay, and he did not step up. You you remember the old you remember the tweets that went viral about people posting the red flag? It was a red flag for me. It was a red flag for me. But the here's the here's the opposite side of that coin, though, Joe. He's a really good freaking player. You know, like I mean, he, he's still a really good player. Which and that's that's why I just I, I sat here and it's like, man, what what am I talking about? You know, like when I watch him on film, the kid's really good. But then when Marvin Harrison went out, and Marvin Harrison was getting doubled, not in your traditional double, like he, he a corner would be on him, but a safety's already always shaved or shaved to his side anyway. Mm -hmm. You got man on man, one on one coverage. Why aren't you being that? Right, that's kind of where I'm coming at here. Where. I, I can't ignore him. Like, you can't not put him in the conversation in the top three because he was so freaking productive last year and he was such an important part of the best passing attack in all of college football. But that's my whole point is when it's he's asked to be the guy, I, I don't have any evidence that he can be a killer. 
he is productive because of his circumstance, the offense that he plays in and the guys that he's playing alongside. I, I'm, I'm, we're not going to even get exposure to, to that to see what he's capable of unless Marvin Harrison Jr. goes down with an injury or maybe he opts out and decides to sit out half the season he's for whatever opt- reason. He's not right. opting out. Right, he's not going to do that. I wouldn't be shocked, I will say on this list, I wouldn't be shocked if somebody doesn't tumble and fall off the list It's if it's not a Buka for that reason. Can I tell you something? What? You know what I thought about? This is so horrible for me. Man, if Marvin Harrison Jr. gets hurt again, could he? I don't think so. Uh, con- I, con- I, concussions? Look, look, there's one injury – yeah, that you can't come back from when people when teams start saying you get concussions, man, man. I I don't disagree with that, but concussions aside, like the guy's just so freaking talented that I think I, look teams you're are not, not going to get an argument from me. Yeah, you're not getting an argument from me. I'm just saying, Joe. He was <laughs> listen now. That man was live and in living color. Okay. On national television, Knocked getting out. tattooed. Now he wasn't folk like you know he couldn't brace himself. Mm-hmm. Still though, man, concussions will make you fall. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is by far the best receiver prospect since Jamar Chase. Like he's going to go top five. I mean, not to push your buttons, but he might even be better than Jamar Chase because we didn't even we only got really one good season of Jamar Chase to know what what he is because he decided not to play a year. We're going to get another You know what? Year you didn't have to say that. <laughs> it's not a you, negative you comment. To, it's just that we – You didn't Martin, have to say that. You didn't have to be that guy, and you you went it's there. Not, huh? It's not a negative comment, Are though. you upset because Logan Diggs is, is come home? Are you mad that Brian Kelly won the SCU? No, no, no. no, no. So you, you didn't mad? have to go there. You didn't have to go Are there. you mad? You didn't have to go there because – Brian Kelly, it's 60 dudes from Louisiana – to finally beat Alabama. How crazy is it that it takes a Louisiana-based LSU team to finally beat Alabama and y'all can't? It wasn't a knock on Jamar Chase. It's not a knock on Jamar Chase. It's a positive on Marvin Harrison that he could be better. It's possible for him to be better. What he has done is a Santa Claus never brings you another present. Oh, my God. Look, the guy's going to finish the year as the best receiver in college football. It's it's not even going to be close. I hope I, I literally hope you stomp your toes when you walk get up later. Why are you gonna do me like this, man? I'm just I'm just I I, I can't Mar Chase is an angel. I'm not gonna speak with a with a veil. Have you ever heard Mar of Chase. the angelic tones of Jamar Chase? I have not heard him actually I, I try grass, to grass orgasms when he runs routes on them. I think you need to watch more Marvin Harrison Jr. and then maybe you'll understand where I'm coming from. Ah, uh, no. I, look, I love Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm. I love me some money. He Dude's a beast. All right. You want to go over to this SEC East, give our predictions? Yeah, let's do it. Go first. Wait, so we didn't really talk ahead of time on how we wanted to go about this. Do you want me to share what my projected standings are? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my one through seven and tell okay. you why I have them there. Okay. Here's my one through seven, the way that I've got them. Right, I think right. George is going to finish at the top, and I think that they're going to win win the division okay. pretty easily. I, By the way, before I continue with this, I really don't think that there is going to be much of a difference from what it was last year. I think there's going to be some slight shifting. 
I think that Tennessee is going to be at number two, but I don't think that Tennessee is going to be as close to the top as they were last year. I think it's going to be a 10 and two, eight and four, somewhere in that range. Oh, no. Wait, wait, let me rephrase. 10 and two at the most. If they have, if thing, everything goes according to plan, 10 and two, but more realistically, I think they're going to be an eight and four football team this upcoming year. Hold on. Hold on now. You got, you think Tennessee's going eight and four? I have so many questions about Joe Milton. I I don't have a lot of faith in Joe Milton. And they lost two key receivers. Are we, do we think Brew McCoy is going to replace the production of Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman? I will say what I'm optimistic on. Why well, I think that they're probably going to be like nine and four, nine and three, eight and four. That's that's the number I'm throwing out there for them. I really like Jalen Wright and Jabari Smalls. I really like their running back tandem. Yeah, they Two got guys a good who, running game. They got a really good running game. And they return a lot of production on that offensive line. I mean, I know yes. Darnell Wright went in the league, but. I just don't see a lot of improvement for them defensively. I don't really see. because well, they, lo- they, they didn't lose anybody defensively. But they had problems all year defensively. So, like, that's where I'm kind of coming at yeah, here. It's like. was ass. And they lost their best pass rusher in the other Byron Young. So it's like, I don't know where I'm supposed to hang on to to think that this team is getting better when they lost a guy who was the Heisman favorite up until the point where he got hurt. Like, I don't, Joe Milton's not Hendon Hooker. He's going to, he could play well, but he's not going to play the level of Hendon Hooker. And they needed Hendon Hooker to make some pretty crazy plays to keep them in that discussion as far as long, as far along as they did. So that's where I'm placing them. Who you got at number three? I do need to note, though, that Tennessee – did you know that Tennessee added Caleb Williams in, in the transfer portal? Yes, but not to get at Caleb Williams. <laughs> you didn't think that was as funny as I did. Um, at, no, after- because I because I knew where you were going. I knew as soon as you said yeah. Caleb Williams. I'm like, look at this. Moment. After them, I think – they snails too? It's worth asking. It's okay. worth asking. I have no idea what he looks like because the, the 24-7 sports didn't even have a picture for him. Um, after that, I think Kentucky is going to be number three. Uh, I think that Kentucky is knocked too heavily for the way that they played last year. Them adding Devin Leary is significant, and they actually did very well in the transfer portal. I think it's going to be really close after that between South Carolina and Florida. But I'm going South Carolina going somewhere at six and six, maybe less than that, and then Florida going five and seven at best – at best, six and six, maybe seven and five if they pull out an upset, but I see that is very unlikely. So I'm assuming then, you have Missouri and then Mandy. Yeah, they both stink. I <clears throat> Missouri right. added Jake Garcia, and I like Jake Garcia, but they they both those rosters stink, and I, I don't think that Vanderbilt is very good. Hold up. Wait a minute. Okay. I don't disagree with you. I think that your SEC is good, and we'll break down some of these teams the last couple minutes here. I agree with you one through three. I I, I have Georgia at eleven and one. I think you can't. You you're, you're not going to win all those games, right? Like you're not going <clears> to <throat> look. The, are they going to go on a 25, 30 game win streak? Like that would be damn near impossible. I think that they could slip up. It doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter who. Yeah, but they slipped up one year and lost to Will Muschamp South Carolina team, and then got to the playoff. So what, right? Like, I mean, so what? I'm with you. I got Tennessee though at ten and two. 
I, I do trust – I just don't trust any of these other defenses to stop them. I don't think it matters. And here's another thing. If, Joe, if the Joe Milton experience doesn't work, here comes Nico Omaileva. I am Oliveira. I am Oliveira. Mm-hmm. Here comes Nico. Now, if Nico starts playing and does well, then those question marks start going away. So I, I, they have resources and depth. All right, so I got Tucky at eight and four. I think they they're third in the SEC East. Mm-hmm. I do like Leary. I still think that I think that they get back to who they really were, right? Like I think they try to do some very cute and and spritzy things with Will Levis, and they didn't know how to use Will Levis effective enough. Like yeah. you're making, you're making Will Levis throw a screen pass on against Emmanuel Forbes underneath the gun underneath center. That's, that's not going to work. That's pretty stupid. And Emmanuel Forbes took it for a pick six, okay? I think Will Levis gets knocked for things like that when he really shouldn't. It's just horrible play calling. Here's my number four. You want to hear my sleeper team? You're going to say Vanderbilt. I swear if this is Vanderbilt. I don't hate that. I have Missouri at number four. Here's why I have Missouri at number four. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. They are number four in the country in returning production. I watched three games of the all 22 copies against Georgia, Tennessee, and others over the last week, okay? Because I had an SEC coach tell me, like, man, I'll tell you something. Missouri might be okay. They might be able with Drinkowitz to get to eight and four. Their defense is so, so sound under Blake Baker. They are so physically sound. Now, they don't have the dudes. Okay? Like, they Mm -hmm. do not have the dudes. But they play right. Like, they play fundamentally sound. And I will tell you, if you go look at them, throw the stats out for just a minute. If you actually go and break down the film, Blake Baker's got that defense playing, son. Like, you have Georgia, Tennessee, and others at times confused as hell. They also – there's two guys that they have on defense that are actually – some want to say this is a hot take. I don't think it should be. Uh, Two guys that they have on their defense might be two of the best defense players in the conference that they have. And I'm talking about Javon Foster and Tyrone Hopper. Tyron or Tyrone Hopper? Both those guys – yeah, they they were all conference guys last year. They're very good. They're very good football players. They're better than what any of these other teams that we're sitting here talking about have on the defensive side of the football. I don't – my question mark is offense, though. Like, they lost Love It. Like, who is Garcia throwing the ball to if he wins that starting job? Now, look, here's the thing, okay? <clears throat> and why <clears throat> I say they don't have the dudes. I'm old enough to remember – at the end of the first quarter against Tennessee, it was 7-7, right? Like a half of that game, they were really, and I'm just talking about really, like, I mean, you go in the half, I mean, I know Tennessee's got 35 points, Mm. but they were hanging in there. Then they don't have enough depth. The wheels fall off, a couple players get hurt, whatever. And Tennessee would wind up scoring 66 points. I don't care about the score. When I look at them now with all the turning production, Joe, are they going to get worse? I don't think that they're worse. 
I think they can be in that seven to five, eight and four range. I think eight and four is the ceiling. But I do I here's here's the question mark ultimately. I don't trust Florida. I don't trust South Carolina at the current moment. No. I, I don't trust them. Could Missouri, South Carolina, and Florida flip-flop at four, five, and six? Yeah, whatever. But I'm going to tell you something, buddy. For me, I don't. Th- I think Florida's at six. I think they get to five wins. I don't think they go. I don't think they're bowl eligible. Here, here's my only thing: is that I know that, I know that you're very anti-Florida on this program, and I understand. No, why. I. So, so let me just say this: I am. Let me. I actually really like Florida. Okay, like I, I think. If the right coach gets in Gainesville, clip this. If the right coach gets in Gainesville, Urban Meyer, things can be just fantastic. They could rule the world if they really wanted to. Yes. Yes. Okay. They could be Georgia's, but Georgia is right now. Well, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to call them, but they have the resources in place. They have a, a recruiting hotbed in place. If the right coach got in there, Urban, you saw what Urban did. I don't think Cristobal and uh, I don't think Cristobal is really a worry. The only worry they have in that state is Florida State. Okay, man, they're not winning. I don't. I, I would be shocked, Joe. I would be shocked if they won seven games. See, the only thing is, I, I looked at their schedule. They actually have a surprisingly easy schedule compared to some of these other teams, easier than Tennessee, who has a very difficult schedule. They don't I think that no, they don't they gotta go to they gotta go to Utah, they gotta go to LSU. Yes. I mean, those are difficult games, but I think that there's possibilities for them to pull out wins over some of those mid-level SEC opponents that they have. I like ETN, but here's the as the running back who's very productive. But here's the other thing that's really kind of surprising. They didn't really lose that much, and they actually had a pretty good transfer portal haul. They pulled a lot of highly rated. Yeah, kids. they and lost a lot. Kids good. They had thirty-five guys in the portal, but Our a lot 30- of those guys, a lot of those guys were like backups. That none of them were were like important players on their their roster. Like that, you right, well, sometimes had a turnover. Do you think they beat Utah? No, I don't think they beat Utah. You better pray to God they don't. You better pray I, to I God. I don't think that they, they don't beat, beat Utah. You better pray to sweet Jesus above because I'm going to come on this show and rip you up. Uh, they so their own one, Magnese win one and one, yeah. Tennessee, uh, lost, so they're one and two, Charlotte, they're two and two, Kentucky at Kentucky. That one's now, I think Kentucky wins that one, so it's two and two three. and three. Vanderbilt win three and three. I don't think that Vanderbilt is didn't lose anyone, they didn't really gain anyone, they didn't. They lost their, their starting quarterback and then graduated. Their best running back graduated. Like, it's – they're just – They beat Florida last year. Yeah, but Florida was in such a mess of a situation. I, I They had the number four overall pick. I Look, I have a take here and that you're not going to like this. I think a lot of times that when there's these supremely talented athletic kids, some coaches don't know how to coach that. And I think that Anthony Richardson was a detriment to the roster for, for, for Billy Napier. I don't think he knew how to use him. What? That's not a bad take. You're he didn't know how to use him. You just said that about Will Levis with Kentucky. They didn't know how to use him. And you think Graham Mertz is going to be better? 
I don't I don't know if Graham Mertz could be better. All right, then shut up. All I right, think that's they'd be Vanderbilt. All right, so they're three and three. I'll give that to you. Okay. At South Carolina. I think that that's a winnable game. Say that they win that game. No, you're going to have to split one of these. Like, so look, listen to all the away games that they have. You ready? Mm-hmm. All of them are tough. At Utah, at Kentucky, at South Carolina. Oh, by the way, that's in October. It's going to be a night game. In Columbia. Okay. Goofy-ass shit pops off in Columbia on a Saturday night. They ain't winning that game, buddy. They ain't winning that game. I'm telling you right now, they're not okay. beating South Carolina and Columbia. Georgia. I see that one. Okay, so they're three and four. They beating Georgia? No, they're not beating Georgia. Are they beating Arkansas? Probably not beating Arkansas. Three and six. Are they beating LSU? They're not beating LSU. Three and seven. Are they beating Missouri? In Como. At, at this point, I think that they could beat Missouri. Oh, I don't now, think that's on, unrealistic. Now. At this point, at this point, if they're three and seven, uh-huh. you're you're basing, which would which would make Missouri at this exact moment seven and four, arguably. Yeah. My but here's what what I my whole point that I was saying with Florida, is that a lot of those mid tier SEC games. There's Are more of a capability, but there's more of a capability for them to to steal a couple, one or two of those than I they, think you're giving them credit Joe, for. You just called it out. You you said that they're not pulling out any of those games. You literally I, just said I gave yes, you the yes, yes. Okay, you you, okay, okay, you just, know what? You know what? They're they're four and seven. I'll give you I'll give you Missouri. Okay, okay. they beat Florida State. Probably not beating Florida State. They're five and seven, buddy. Okay. Well, I guess I was wrong there. But look, I my whole point is that, and I said where I placed them, my whole argument against you was saying that they could be better than that five and seven mark if they win some of those mid-tier games. They're not going to beat those big opponents that they play. They're not going to. They're not going to beat Georgia. They're not going to beat Tennessee. They're not going to beat Florida State, obviously. So that's three losses off the top. Yes, but you named a bunch of mid-tier SEC opponents that they could. They, okay, mid-tier. Shock. Okay, you said Blake. They're Mister Blake. They're not beating. They're not beating Florida State. They're not beating Tennessee. They're not uh-huh. beating Georgia. They're on the road at LSU. Okay, I forgot about LSU. They're not going to beat LSU. Okay, obviously. so that's four permanent losses. Okay, so you mean to tell me that they can't lose to Arkansas, South Carolina, Kentucky? Out of those games, they can pull two of them. With their, no, they can't. No, I they think can't. they realistically could. T- it's certainly possible for them to pull uh, two of them. They ain't gonna I, don't do think this, I don't think this roster is as bad as everyone thinks it is. <laughs> All right, let's get through the rest of yours because we're. You know what? Here. A lot of people thought that Notre Dame's roster was better than uh, Marshall's. Okay. All right. I see how we're ending the show. Then I see how it is. The worst. <laughs> There's one piece of ammunition that's out there that you can uh-huh. rebuttal with me on that, but either you don't know it or you just don't want to. Well, I've used the Texas A&M bit, so it's not that. Mm-mm. It's going over my head. LSU lost to Troy under Ed Orgeron year one. 
Yeah, but you're not under Ed Orgeron under year one, and Brian Kelly didn't do that. So that was too long ago. I'm not you're gonna. Not I don't beating. pull. I don't pull pull receipts from like four years ago. I don't. Do oh, that. I am a receipt puller. Call me the IRS because I want the receipts. Uh, what about the rest of your teams before we we wrap here? Uh, I have Vanderbilt at six at seven. Okay. I'm glad that we don't disagree about Vanderbilt. But I will say this. I I put $20 on the over of three and a half. Did yeah, you know they, they have a really I, easy I schedule. You, you, you remember this. I told you very quickly. I told you at the beginning of the season, remember before ball was ever kicked off, mm-hmm. before Vandy played Hawaii, I put $100 on bet online that they went over the three and a half. That was a smart bet. I mean, it's going to be they have a, it's going to be a really easy schedule. Look, I'm going to say, listen to me. Listen to me. This makes no sense. I like Clark Lee. They can win six games. They can go bowling. And I'm, I'm a Clark Lee fan. And I'm going to tell you something now. Florida. <laughs> They're not going to beat Florida. Joe, they already have. In Billy Napier's first year. And Clark Lee's what? Second year. At what program? At Vanderbilt. That was his second year. You, you can win Joe, games at Vanderbilt Joe, with a good years, coach. We've seen it. James Franklin years. did it. It's not impossible to win at Vanderbilt. James, to win four games at Vanderbilt. What do you mean That's it's not com- difficult to win at Vanderbilt? Sorry, no, no, wait. It's not impossible to win four games, five games at Vanderbilt. It's not on a hard accomplishment. Anthony Richardson's cheeks. That was in Billy Napier's first year. Give him some time. I'm willing to give him a little bit of time, as much as we've spoken negatively on him on this program. See y'all Saturday. Peace. Saturday.